0: 11th Friday, usually you might see Jack McMullen and me, Peter Apple, but instead I got the co founder, my boy, my partner in crime, Arm Leighton on. And guess what we're doing, Arm? We get to answer some TikTok questions, kind of our favorite thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I love it though. I keep firing them away. I wish we could keep up with all of them. But like, I feel like everybody's going to get their answer or their questions answered at some point because we we go through it. I'll sit down there. I've seen you just going crazy on the time. couch. I'm like, Peter, hello, Peter, <laughs> not listening to me. Just and it's like all the TikTok. And questions. I have to and say I we make it an episode out of it. This guy on the TikTok is asking questions about
0: the Tigers farm system. I have to answer <laughs> it at nine fifty eight on a Thursday night. I have Absolutely. to. I got to I got to we got to talk about Matt Manning and how he. Mm. Maybe you're a little bit out on him, but you've been so in on him, but let's not I can't. go astray right now. I'm drinking green tea out of a mug that says dad bod. So that's something. And you know what else I heard? We have five oceans now.
1: I, I saw you tweet about that. I, w- we have five you, oceans since I, when I, I could lie and say, like, I always thought there were four. I had no idea how many oceans there were. So literally no idea. Nah. I, when I heard there was four, I thought there was originally six.
0: And then I found out there's a new fifth one So I'm way it, off on oceans.
1: But aren't all of them just like, like not all of them, but aren't most of them just one giant body of water anyways? Like, when does it switch? Like the Pacific and the Atlantic connect somewhere. But That's why we do say. baseball,
0: because we're not. Yeah. Is that biology? That's not even close. Do Geography? they have the pH in the Pacific? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. So, Arm, why don't we just get straight into answering these TikTok mailbag questions? I'm kind of excited because we have some really good ones to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Number 1. Let's just get straight into it. Number 1. How do the Brewers become contenders for the World Series? Now, before you answer, let me let me tee up a little bit. The Brewers are currently 35 and 27. They're tied with the Cubs for the best record in the NL Central but their run differential is minus four. The team is 25th in runs scored. The offense isn't great right now, but they're ninth in team ERA. The pitching on the other hand is fantastic. What do you make of the Brewers right now?
1: I, I can understand why they're doing well, right? The pitching is phenomenal. As you said, you have one of the better one-two punches, if not the best one-two punch right now in, in baseball at the top of your rotation with Woodruff and Corbin Burns. And then the rest of your rotation isn't bad either. The bullpen is fantastic at the back end. Of course, I can't forget our boy Freddie Peralta either. Can't I mean, fail a, to mention our that, boy. That's an un, unbelievable one, two, three, right there, right? And it's not like Hauser's a, a bad at all a, as an number no. four. Brett Anderson is like oh, okay, five. Eric Lauer's kind of sucks, whatever. But like, you, you almost say a name and you think it's going to help you, and then you're like, wait, no, that doesn't help. But regardless, th- this is a good pitching staff. The best closer probably in baseball right now at this probably. Point. And also, I mean, Devin Williams got off to a slow start, but he's Devin Williams. He throws weird flying stuff that you don't even know where it's going to go. He's going to be just fine. And Boxberger, Brad Boxberger, I mean, he was with the Marlins last year. He was good. He's been good this year. So you have the pitching. You have all that there. The offense is questionable, right? That's that puts it lightly. But Omar Narvaez comes out of nowhere, rakes and then hitting 311. Yeah, it, with a 900 OPS. And then you have when Colton Wong selfie, he's one of the more underrated players. Phenomenal defender, gets on base, doesn't strike out a lot. And then you're kind of just floating around with the rest, right? Like JBJ, incredible defender. sucks uh, at hitting, which is kind of important for baseball. F- is, kind of important. is guaranteed for a 780 OPS. So by going through their whole roster right now, what I'm trying to say is they have most of what you need. But the offense, you're not winning playoff games with that offense. There's just no way. Yelich needs to be an MVP candidate right now. He's still trying to get healthy again. He's 29 years old. Like, get healthy. You got to figure it out. It's the back Jelic... when, when you're dealing with a back thing, it's I know he's gonna be tough, dude. But to answer that question, man, I'm gonna say Yelich needs to be, and that's a big if. He needs to be MVP Yelich or something close to it. And Lorenzo Kane needs to be not 35 yeah. and kind of find the fountain of youth like the Giants have had all their old all older players do. They need to go make a move, too, and you're going to have to go get a bat. I think it can be What's a buyer's market on, it, on an expiring bat. Uh, you can go look for who knows who's going to be selling at, at that point, but there's got to be some bats out there that you can go get. The brewers don't have a great farm system, but they can go get a bat on an expiring contract, get a rental, and I, I think that helps them. I think you got to probably go get two bats. You go get two bats. I think they're contenders if you have a healthier ball club all around them. And the Willie Adams acquisition's been good. It's been he's been hitting. He just really hated Tropicana Field. He's great everywhere else. The only problem with I see
0: what they should do at third base. They're pretty weak right now. I see Daniel Robertson on their roster and not a ton else. Travis um, Shaw. Yeah, and and Shaw just went down with an injury. So the corners have been their weakest spot basically all year if i were them i would take a hard look at kyle seager of the mariners yeah and remember this is the brewers are not a team that backs down from a challenge remember when they were in contention they added cc zabafia in 2007 this is a team that will add if they are in the hunt and
1: ran that poor motherfucker into the ground
0: oh i know i know (laughs) killed him basically made him pitch just the rest of the rest of the season every third or fourth day and we're just like cc it's your team we'll deal with everything else the bullpen and the hitting you handle the entire rotation and it sort of worked didn't work out amazingly for it worked out great for cc he scored a big contract with the yankees but besides that i would look at kyle seager of the mariners i think that would be a great addition for them also eduardo escobar Mm -hmm. would be another great addition from them an underrated bat in arizona um lefty bat he's always been just a good player he's always hit I know maybe the batting average isn't great right now but he's an underrated bat that I would look at I think they need to shore up the corners and just add hitting as we've said because that lineup right now is about as weak as possible
1: yeah and, and it's a hitters park right we see Willie Adamas exactly. go there and start hitting well you get a Kyle Seeger. he's going to hit home runs here I'm not telling you he's going to hit two and 90 if he hits 250 and his slugging Uh, that's a huge, huge boost to a team that's struggling to score. And this offense only needs to be average. If it's an average offense, you're one of the better teams in the NL. So I'm with you. I I like Seager a lot as an option. And how about Mitch Haniger? If you're going to look at at Seattle, that might be too steep of a price for them. You know, you could start with like Bryce Turang. I think you could sell high on him. He's still a fringe top 100 guy with some other fillers. But, yeah, I'm looking to get one of those cheaper bats if you're not going to go Haniger, I think Escobar is a great one because you look at somebody like him and that the price isn't going to be too much, but you're going to get some, some decent output from him. You can hit for power and, again, a hitter's park. I like any of those expiring bats, and as teams start to become more clearly sellers, uh, that's where you can start looking to see, you know, who you might be able to pick up uh, from whatever teams. But there's going to be enough bats on the market. And I think the Brewers are going to be able to make a move. And I'm expecting them to
0: early reaction to Willie Adama going to the Brewers for JP Fireheisen and Jurassicon from the Rays early reaction. What are you thinking?
1: That he really hates Tropicana field first. His numbers at Tropicana field atrocious when he was there, when he was away from there. Fantastic. He's a slick, slick defender. I never thought the bat was that great until I saw the splits. And then yeah. when he got traded and I was like, oh, he's raking. I don't think he's going to hit to this degree, but great trade for both sides. I think the, the the Brewers, they got something they needed. They traded from a strength. The Rays, they got bullpen guys that they're probably going to make disgusting. And well, they, already they traded are. from a strength. And they traded from a strength, right? They had exactly. a million middle infielders and middle infield prospects. So it was one of those, like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And I think it was perfect for both sides. And it helps them both immensely.
0: There's not a lot of win-win trades that we usually see in baseball, but I feel like that, at least in the short term, is is one of them. We'll see how it develops. Especially big leaguer for big leaguer. You rarely see those anymore. You rarely do. Yeah. So let's break into the next question, huh? How about another team that's honestly such a disappointment every single year, probably the biggest disappointment of the year so far, considering their personnel? What do the Angels need to do to be a playoff team. The Angels are currently 30 and 32, which places them fourth in the division behind the Mariners in third, the A's in second, and the Astros in first. The big thing with the Angels, that run differential, minus 25. The team is seventh in run scores. They had a great offense led by Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Sho- Shohei Otani. Like is almost leading the league in home runs as a pitcher. And 26th though. In team ERA, this rotation is bad to say the least. I don't see the Angels making the playoffs, but
1: what do they need to do to even sniff it? So my fake plan first for the Angels, my radical plan is... I like the fake and radical first. they are seven and three in their last 10 games. What has happened in their last 10 games? Mike Trout's been hurt. Trade Mike Trout. (laughs) That's phase one. Phase two, Jared Walsh pitched in the minor leagues. I don't know if everybody knows that Jared Walsh was a two-way player. Make him Otani jr. He Mm -hmm. starts in the rotation as well. I think it's smart. Yeah. Then phase three, you bring back Albert Pujols because I think he's looking good. And then maybe you 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 re-sign him 10 years. Yeah. 10 more years, (laughs) but no, my my actual, my actual plan here is, well, there's some good news, right? You're treading water without Mike Trout and you're going to get him back. The good news also is Justin Upton is competent. You, you actually yeah, have, you're getting an output from him. It's not going to be great, but he's hitting for power. That's the, all you can ask. I love Jared Walsh. You know that I've been all over that guy for a long time. You have been And David Fletcher can't be worse. I think he's going to get better. Um, <laughs> I love that. He could be worse technically. And, and, right, and I don't think, he, I don't think he will be like he legitimately is only going to get better. So I, I look at that team and I, you know, the, the obvious thing is pitching, right? How are you going to get pitching? You're going to have to trade from those prospects. You have yeah. Joe Adele and you have Brandon Marsh. I yep. love both of them. I, lo- I think Adele, we know how good he can be, but we high also ceiling. know what he comes with. Marsh, higher floor guy, not as high of a ceiling. You got to decide which one you prefer, which one of those center fielders you prefer. And the reality is neither of them are going to be playing center field anytime soon. Nope. So you cash in on one of those guys and you go get a damn good pitcher. How long are we going to watch these angels just try to piece it together with dudes like Julio Tehran instead of just going to get an actual real pitcher? I would be looking Jose Barrios. I don't know if the Twins want to trade, you know, to like a division rival or, or whatever, but are not division rival, but still like a, a rival that they're going to have to play quite a bit in the future. But yeah. I don't think you're really losing sleep over Barrios if you're getting a guy like Brandon Marsh. Maybe you look at Scherzer. The Nats say they're not listening to offers yet. You know what? They're going too soon because they suck. So yeah, they need to put together a package of Brandon Marsh and some other high upside prospects. The Angels actually have enough, I think, to go get a Brandon or to go get a Scherzer type of guy. Scherzer is basically you're all in right now, but I think they need to do it. Scherzer still is pitching at the same level he's always pitched at. I would love Barrios as a potential option. I don't really know. Who else like you would really look at and say that guy would fit right in? I think if there's one other dude that I do really like, it's Sonny Gray because he's not as expensive. We know that the Angels are already pretty capped out money wise, even though there's no real cap, but they don't want to go over the luxury tax. Sonny Gray is pretty affordable, like 10, 11 million dollars. And I still really like him. I think the guy can pitch. I think he benefits from being in a different ballpark. And again, you're just going to have to trade Brandon Marsh and some other pieces, but you got to do it. I mean, Trout's getting not getting any younger. And he's going to come back off the I.L. You're somehow winning without him. Like, let's do it. Come on. Enough of this.
0: They should call up the Colorado Rockies and say, Herman Marquez, please. John Gray, please get on the phone and please come over to Los Angeles if they're not looking at Sonny Gray or Jose Barrios or Max Scherzer. But I think before we move on to the next question, I would love to leave you all with who the Angels rotation is right now. It's the worst. It's Dylan Bundy. You got Griffin Canning, you got Alex Cobb, Andrew Heaney, an injured Jose Quintana, and of course Shohei Otani going over your rotation. That is not an equation for winning. You don't even have to analyze it. That is not a rotation that can win consistently from top to bottom. There's no good pitcher in that rotation
1: outside of Otani. There just isn't. You know what the best part of that rotation was? Was injured Jose Quintana. Injured Jose Cantana still, still technically pitching. has a left arm. He does. He does. And he doesn't use it so that it's better for them. I, I, that's the crazy thing to me. He's like, they don't need to do that much. Just just go get one get solid pitching. I, why, why do they just not?
0: And it's obvious that they still, like you said, Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh in the outfield, they have tons of outfield depth. And I know that they have other prospects sprinkled in along the infield as well. You have a loaded offense. Like I said, you're seventh and run scored. There is no problem there. And that's without Mike
1: Trout for a while. Can I give one more crazy radical can. thing? Here's yes, you my, can. I would love it. Here's my radical thing that I actually think could happen is Reed Detmers. Call him up. Give him love a few Reed more. Detmers. Give him a few more starts in the minors. He's among the best in the minors at swinging strike percentage, which is really important. Usually correlates to success in the major league level. I actually was fortunate enough to uh, one of my buddies is his personal catcher in double a right now. And he was Pretty saying connection that Detmers is spotting. Spotting like crazy, and also Velo is up. He is just carving dudes up, and he says he's only going to get better. He's he's had a lot of bad like like balls in play luck, and he's still putting up good numbers. He's getting more swings and misses than anybody anticipated. I don't even care if he's like average in the free. If he's pitching to a four ERA, that's a huge boost in that rotation. He's better he than come any to of the other lefties you have right now, maybe besides Heaney if Heaney's healthy and pitching like he can. But that is definitely. Uh, a move I'm considering. And it's funny, Jack McMullen, who's missing in action today,
0: he interviewed Reed Detmers on a previous pod and came away so impressed with the mental of this kid. He was talking about changing speeds. We talk about it all the time, how important it is for a pitcher to have three speeds. You got your fastball in the mid, low, upper 90s, whatever it is. You have a you have a slider, maybe, a I don't know, a cutter in the 86 this range in the 86 ish. I don't know why I can't even say it. And then you got a 75 mile an hour curveball or change up or anything sprinkled in there, but the three speeds, it's so hard to hit. And if you can locate with those three speeds, let's not make pitching too complicated. Yeah. If you can locate with three speeds, you will be a good pitcher. And that's something he's working on and is actively trying to get better at. So he's actively trying to get better at the best thing to do in pitching. Keep going, Reed Demers.
1: You're going to be a beast. We love him. <laughs> And his fastball's got movement, man. Yeah, it's good. He can do it. He can do it. So, yeah, I I, I would not rule that out. Next question,
0: and it's an interesting one. When the Mets are fully healthy,
1: how far do you see them potentially going? Taking a sip of water before I answer this one. Oh, good. Far. I mean, if the Mets are healthy, they can go all the way. And, and like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but, like, it's the reality of it. They are in first place right now. The NL East is a dumpster fire. Like, don't get me wrong. But yeah. they are in first place despite most of their players being hurt, even DeGrom spending time on the IL. They're can I go place. before you even go on your point? Can I go I just want to
0: read you the injury report right yeah. now because it's 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 depressing if you're and a it's Mets fan better. and it's really funny for everybody else in the rest of the league. So right now Carlos Carrasco unfortunately, he's still on the 60-day DL. One of their best pitchers came over in the Cleveland trade. With Lindor, Carrasco is no longer throwing off a mound, so he has a setback. Conforto, with his hamstring injury, hopes to return this weekend against the Padres. That'll be a big get for them, getting Conforto back. Jeff McNeil is just starting his rehab assignment. Albert Almora will join Triple A Syracuse. J.D. Davis continues to wear a splint on his strained left hand. Brandon Nemo has just recently resumed swinging. Noah Syndergaard won't throw for another four or five weeks due to added elbow inflammation, but he avoided the structural damage on his UCL. I mean, even guys like Tommy Hunter guys like Dylan Batanzas guys like that are still out. Even the low level guys getting Seth Lugo back really helps. But right now they're fighting with some guys who should be in triple A and they're still winning. They're still atop the division, the Mets once they get everybody back. I agree. I think they could go all the way when we say all the way though. I always want to preface it with no matter what, I don't think anyone's beating the Dodgers or the Padres. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like go all the way in terms of be the third
1: best team in the national yes. league. Go exactly. all the way to getting just curb stomped. By yeah, exactly. But you know, that they, they, if they had Cinder you could make in it like a healthy performing Cinder guard. You could make the case that they could upset one of those teams, right? You oh have yeah. Who could go twice in a seven game series. And then you just, you That's just two wins Thor to be Thor. And, and, you're mixing in Stroman, who's actually been spectacular this year. I, I really think they could do it, but it looks like Syndergaard's really probably not going to throw this year, man. Like I just don't, I don't see him pitching this year and it's a shame. Um, and, and I think maybe he should just shut down for the year and just try and come back year after that. I don't know. They, that's something that they know better than me. But the what other they could thing about do. It, the other really big thing is that they are winning right now, not only with all those guys hurt, but Francisco Lindor might as well have been hurt. He couldn't hit the, you know, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. James McCann was brutal offensively. So even the guys that were healthy were terrible. And like Pete Alonso's just now heating up, who, by the way, did you see his whole conspiracy theory? I did like that. But why don't, you, why don't you repeat it for, for everybody at home? Oh, my God. It was like the most QAnon baseball type conspiracy <laughs> theory I've ever seen in my life. He's like, he, he, and he said it was a fact. It was like, no, this is proven. But basically, it was – that baseball which we do know baseball manipulate major league baseball is manipulating the baseballs. We know that they we made know them, that. They, they made them more powerful, more juiced in 2019. And they have deadened them a little bit to try to go back on that this year. And what Alonzo's theory is is that in 2019 they juiced the baseballs because it was a big free agent class of pitchers. So it would make all of the free agents cheaper. Uh, Because they would not pitch as well. And then in 2021 this year, they deaden them because there's a bunch of really good infielders hitting the free agent market. And this is Rob Manfred just always appeasing and catering to the owners. What I will say is it is true that Rob Manfred always caters to the owners because those are the people that keep him in his job and hired him in the first place. What I will also say is that this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life, and it's and it's not a fact. It, it's not the fact. It's funny. It's a great. It's a great conspiracy theory. But so are a lot of insane conspiracy theories that might make a little bit of sense because of correlation. But that's about it. Anyways, that was a little bit of a of a of a rant. But like that was crazy to me that I, I had to bring that up.
0: I will say that Lindor has been not good right now. He's hitting two eleven or 217 with a 311 on base, 338 slugging, but it's a big improvement from that 180 average that we were seeing earlier. He's starting to pick it up a little bit. Pete Alonzo starting to pick it up a little bit. Guys like Dom Smith are starting to pick it up a little bit. And yeah, James McCann, Jonathan VR has been a great fill in for them. Um, But besides that, The Mets are for real. I think the Mets fans just have to maybe take a chill pill for a second and understand that they'll be totally fine Um, because we see Mets fans all over just screaming at this team. And I know they understand it, and it's hard to watch your team lose to the Orioles 10-3 to the other night. But then in true Mets fashion, they come back and win 14-1 to the next night after. So, yeah, the next few months are going to be tough for the Mets. But once you get all these guys back, and my thing about Syndergaard, I see him coming back in a similar timeline as a Verlander coming in in a September, give him all that time to rest. You need six weeks to rest. Take 12, wait until September, come back firing, come back as healthy as you can for the playoffs. Cause you look at Stroman, you look at Tywin Walker, you look at Degrom. they have a good three man rotation for the playoffs. And then you even add Carlos Carrasco to that. Don't add David Peterson because he can't pitch no, neither can not. Joey Lucchese. But right now you have those four and then you throw Syndergaard in. maybe just put him in the bullpen throwing 112 miles an hour, or you put him in their starting yeah. rotation. I think
1: bullpen might not be bad in a
0: type of fill in space. So I generally think that the Mets will still win the division, especially with the Braves, who we will talk about later. We have a question on it, but the Braves losing Marcelo Zuna, losing Huascar you know, a Mike Soroka Phillies are hit or miss. And then your Marlins are, uh, but they don't coming hit. Coming up, and the coming Nationals up. are a dumpster fire this year, which is unfortunate because they still have one Soto and Trey Turner. But that's yeah, it. they're not
1: any good either. Yeah, no, I, I, and it's not like they're getting a couple regulars back. They're getting a bunch of fringe all stars back. You know, so exactly. they're they're going to be good. I think they're going to be fine, and you know they're going to make it to that one series. And look, the Braves were one game away from beating the Dodgers and going to the World Series. They were one game away. So you got to get there. Anything can happen, and that's I think the best case scenario for the Mets.
0: And when the Mets have that. Great at pitching. they will always be a really good playoff team. So, breaking into our next question, it's a very simple one, but it's a great one. Is Glaber Torres a star? Right now, he's hitting 271 with a 353 on base percentage, 713 OPS. There you which go. Basically, we means it. We're done. he's plugging about as much as he's getting on base. The power is not there. You answer it. Don't tell me I answered it. Come on. Glaber Torres could be a star. The only problem Easy. right the only problem right now is the power. And we've talked about this at length. The thing with Glaber Torres right now is he has to move off shorts up. The Yankees have to move him off shorts up. It almost is obvious when you watch him play, he'll make an error in the field and he'll let them that affect him in the, in the proceeding at bats. So let's say he'll make an error. I don't know the exact stat, but I bet on games that he makes an error, the next couple of bats are not very good. So, I think that's a staple with Glaber right now. I just think he's a second baseman trying to play shortstop. Let him go back to second base. Let him shift all you want. Put him in the mid outfield so he can grab ground balls from these lefties, just pulling it to the right side, and just let the guy hit. Right now, the power is gone, and he's in the fourth percentile of average exit velocity, along with Adam Frazier, who we both said was a fluke. So I'm not very high on Glaber right now, but I think in general, you got to let this guy
1: progress. He's just got too much talent to Well, I, I think Glaber Torres is, is super talented, but I, I, you got to just consider the Yankee effect here, right? If Glaber Torres is anywhere else, anywhere else, we're not even asking this question. I know. We're not. He's a career 816 OPS guy, which is fine. It's fine. It's really solid, but that is buoyed by a really good singular season. And he has not been good in a while since it's, it's been almost 90 games now of him being pretty bad. And that's where to me, it's just like, okay, you're not getting defensive value at all. You'll move him to second and he'll be a little bit better there. Uh, He's not hitting for power, as you mentioned, in Yankee Stadium.
0: In Yankee Stadium, which is the big thing. He's in in a hitter's park.
1: Literally, like, in Williamsport, basically. One of the best. One of the best hitter's parks in the major leagues. And he's not hitting for power. And look, if he's not doing well at the plate in the games that he makes errors, then that explains it because he makes a lot of errors. Like, I think he could be a very solid player a very solid player. And I think he's already a pretty decent one, but if you're not ending for power in Yankee stadium, if you're regressing on being able to catch up to fastballs, there needs to be an adjustment there. He's uber talented. He's 24 years old. I'm not saying that this is his ceiling. Of course he could be an all-star perennial all-star. I just think that we have to start shifting a little bit to saying, okay, maybe this guy isn't a guaranteed star and maybe there's just as good of a chance that he's just an above average regular, That's not the biggest deal in the world. I think we kind of had that shift with Gavin Lux as well.
0: My thing is you say 90 games is a long time with COVID because before COVID, he was a guy who could potentially hit you 40 home runs. He hit 38 in 2019. He is so uber talented that I think even 90 games isn't enough to do it with COVID involved. And then a slow start to the season. That's what we're looking at right now with Glaber. Glaber, I agree with you. The defense, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work at shortstop. But other than that, Glaber's always been kind of a streaky guy. He's a guy where you look up in June and he may have two home runs. And then you look in July and he has 15. He's a guy that get him against the Orioles, get him a couple home runs in a row, you know, get him revved up. We know that he crushes the Orioles. And then he just gets on a roll. Similar with a lot of these guys. I mean, the entire Yankees team as a whole isn't hitting. So are we judging D.J. LeMay, Hugh? Are we judging Gio Urshela for having four or five home runs? I mean, the only guy really hitting home runs consistently right now is Aaron Judge, and he's not even leading the league in home runs like we might expect him to. So I think as a team, this team isn't really discovering their power, but I think come when the weather starts to get hot, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys hit some home runs in bunches. They're going to start winning games by 10, not saying that the Yankees are – because honestly, I think the Rays are just better. I think the if the Blue Jays and the Red Sox added out the deadline, they're right in competition with the Yankees too. But I think in general, the Yankees will be fighting for a playoff spot because I do truly believe that in these summer months, the home runs are going to come in bunches and they're going to start winning games even if they don't pitch at all. I am
1: with you on that. And, and I mean, if, if he's protected more in the lineup, could see it happen you can see it happen but I, I just think it's equally as possible that he's not a star that he is a star at this point and i wouldn't have said that a year ago that's that's my yeah that's the thing we
0: wouldn't it. have said this a year ago and maybe that's why maybe we give him a little bit more time because i feel like with glaber he's not a guy that that 2019 was such a fluke like you said career ops over 800 he's still a good player i think we need to let's see this summer if yeah. my prediction doesn't come true and he ends the season with eight to ten, maybe even fifteen home runs. Then you're Then scared. I think we reconsider yeah. because Absolutely. at that point you had a bad 2020. Your entire 2021 wasn't that great either. Now looking forward, where do we go? Are you traded? Yeah, I mean Miguel and Duhar had crazy run too. That's a different story. Glaber's way more talented. I, I than agree,
1: anymore. but I'm just saying, like you know, you can get yeah. them, as well. Streak I mean, it's not and, the worst know. point in the world. All right. Yeah. Well, so we'll say give him the rest of this year, but. We're not saying he won't be a star. Next question.
0: As a Braves fan, I'm kind of panicking. But should the Braves trade Austin Riley and prospects for either Chris Bryant or Jose Ramirez? I will say first, because I really want to hear your answer to this, because you know about all the prospects. This is like the prospect genius. I even we were talking about it earlier. I don't go anywhere else for my prospect analysis besides this guy. So I'm very interested to see your trade packages. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you. Well, but the thing, but before I
0: even, I got to say, I don't think Chris Bryant is going to get traded because I don't think the Cubs are sellers. So I think we're looking at Jose Ramirez, possibly another name like Kyle Seager, but what would a package look like if the Braves went up and were like, give us Jose Ramirez, we'll kind of give you whatever.
1: Yeah. Cause the weird thing with, with a A trade for Chris Bryant. It's that his contract's expiring after this year, so he's going to test the open market, obviously, because he's nasty this year. But the the Braves could theoretically put together a package and go get Jose Ramirez because they do have enough in their system to do it. And I think you could put together a package if you're the Braves where you don't really, you know, it doesn't kill you. Uh, I would. Yeah, Austin Riley, though, here's the thing. His third base has actually been good for you, right? Third base has yeah. been one of the better spots for you. Austin Riley is an OPS over 900. Just shoot yeah. it out. I don't watch him play every day, so maybe Braves fans aren't sold on him. But right now, the Braves are struggling despite the fact that he has a 900 OPS. So what is getting a third baseman that may be producing a little bit better, obviously, and Ramirez does a lot more things than Austin Riley, but how does that help you if you're losing right now and – your third base spot may be your most productive spot at the moment. That's my only question. But to answer that about Jose Ramirez or whoever you can you can go get, I would put together a package of of Contreras, their catcher, um, because he can't really catch. And Shay Lang Shay Langliers has been spectacular. I'm not. I agree. I'm not trading him. But I would trade anybody else. Anybody okay. else available? I'd go William Contreras, Christian Pache, and yeah, I would even trade. Braden Drew Waters, who's a big like, outfield prospect. For I'm them. keeping one of Waters or Pache. So, you trade, I would definitely trade Pache. I, I think he's, I, I don't. don't think he can hit. And without it on Pache, a whole you can't thing. hit, dude. So, sell high on Pache, and he's actually swinging it okay in triple A right now. Braden Shoemaker is raking right now. I'd sell high on him, and Contreras is actually hitting well at the major league level. And you package those three guys together, maybe throw in a filler. And you'll be able to get a stud of all studs. I, I mean, have you a question. Get someone legit. You might not even have to trade Austin Riley. And maybe it's not Jose Ramirez, but you can go get a really, really, really good player. And maybe you even go look at Trevor Story. I mean, Dansby yeah. Swanson's not getting it done. I don't. They think Dan's trade Dansby. He's a championship shortstop. You know, you go trade Dansby Swanson and some prospects to the Rockies. Uh, you get story. Yes. Stories on an expiring deal, but maybe you can work something out there. If he agrees to an extension, I'd give up anything for him. Uh, if I'm the Braves, I think you got to package some of these prospects and, and make a move, but to answer the Braves question in general, I, I just don't think going to go, go get Jose Ramirez is, is the move with what Riley's doing right now. I think what you need to do is put padding on your dugout benches um, so whenever y- your pitchers are angry, they don't break their hand on them, uh, because and Noah is a huge, huge loss to them. I mean, I agree. The fact and that I think- he just decided to pick a fight with with a bench, with a dugout <laughs> bench, and and lost, and now they lose him till August, mid August earliest. You know, that's what really hurts. So all of a sudden, this team that had a lot of pitching doesn't have a lot of pitching. You might need to look the pitching route too. You're not getting Scherzer, that's for damn sure. They're My not giving is, him Scherzer. So you're going to have to look at Barrios. Yeah, I think they're better off going for an arm, frankly. I, they should go for a reliever. They
0: should go, you know, instead of going they're to bold, get Jose Ramirez sucks. from Cleveland, they should say, instead of Jose Ramirez, because he's going to be very expensive and we have Austin Riley, what's the price for James Karinczak? What's the price for a manual class A? bolster the back end of that rotation? Because like you said, Mike Soroka is out for the year who Oscar, you know, we we don't know because we don't know his anger level. Maybe he's still mad at that bench. Yeah, we're looking at probably another month and a half of him being out. And then your rotation right now with Freed and Morton. I mean, that's just not going to. Yeah, I mean, Ian Anderson's great, too, but I don't think that's a playoff rotation that anybody is necessarily scared of. So what you do if you can't go get that big starting pitcher for Herman Marquez, Sonny Gray, even a a lesser arm like Kyle Gibson from the Rangers, you bolster the back end and you say what we're going to win on is our hitting and our bullpen kind of make it similar to teams like the Yankees, even though the Braves aren't home run happy three true outcome as much as the Yankees are. But you can win with that model. I mean, again, not going to beat the Dodgers or the Padres. So it's like, can you, that model, get you to a playoffs, get you to the playoffs? I think that there's a possibility that it can. They'll still have to beat out the Giants in the West. They're going to be a team. They have the best record of baseball right now. I have no idea how. Yeah. And then in the Central, you have the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs. One of those teams is going to win the division, one of the teams is going to finish second. So, where however you toss them in, they have a lot of competition. Maybe d- they just say, you know what? Not our year. Yeah. Maybe they, they sell off Morton. Maybe ah, they sell off some of these guys. I know they just signed Morton, but I think they go,
1: I think they, they, they panic and go all in and they might, and they probably should considering they should. they're, they're talent so talented line. and, and Freddie Freeman's going to start hitting more. And you know, you got a, a lot of good things going, but I think you hit the nail in the head with the bullpen because last year, they had a top five bullpen in terms of ERA. This year, they have a bottom six bullpen in terms of ERA. They went and signed Shane Green, so we'll see if he can kind of help them again. But letting Mark Melanson go to the Padres of yeah, all places of course. That really, really hurt them. And, yeah, you're going to have to look bullpen and, and pitching in general. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a steep price. We know that. So we'll see what they price. do. One more question
0: for you, and as the prospect guy, this is a prospect that we have been asked about hundreds of times, and I'm finally excited to talk about him on the pod, especially with you. Bobby Witt Jr., yeah. shortstop prospect for the Kansas City Royals, one of your favorite guys, a guy I compare to Trevor Story. I know that's probably a good comp throughout baseball. I, always, I, way overused. The I know you've used it as well. Give me some thoughts about Bobby Witt Jr.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a few guys in the minor leagues that I like to say if you could put a bunch of GMs together and they could create a prospect in a lab that they would create that guy. I would say Bobby Witt is pretty much that guy. He has plus tools across the board. Like every single tool is plus. The only question that he has, and it's, it's a slight question, is just the hit tool. And I think that he is such a smart player. He, His dad was a major league pitcher for like almost 20 years. He's such a just advanced, mature. Everybody talks about his approach to the game. He's going to be able to hit enough, and we're seeing it. The power is is next level. I mean, I would say if, if he's in the major leagues right now, if he was up there, I don't know if there's a shortstop that has more raw power than him, which is crazy to really? say. Yeah, it, it legitimately – I don't know if there's a shortstop that has more raw power than Bobby Wood Jr. And that is a crazy thing to say, but it's true. And you can see it by the exit velos he puts up. They're on par with almost the most elite in Major League Baseball. I mean, the distance he gets is crazy. He's a plus runner. He's a plus defender. He, he's got it all. And that's the guy that you build around. Like, that's a guy. He's got the face for your franchise in terms of just the personality, the persona. I can't say Dad enough was about Bobby Wood Jr., and, and the, the craziest thing is his numbers are great right now, and he should have one more home run. But yeah, some psychopath of an umpire took it away from him. We it, posted it on Instagram. Dead at his foot. And if you haven't seen this yet, go on our Just Baseball fans Instagram and, and go check it out. There's a, I've, cause I literally clipped it. Picture of Bobby Wood's foot on home plate, umpire literally staring at it like laser beam eyes, and then they call him out when they appealed it and they said he didn't touch home. I have no idea why. So when you look at Bobby Wood's stats, add a home run to that, but he has been otherworldly. And remember, this is a guy that was drafted out of high school, hardly played in the minors. Yes, he had the alternate training site time last year, impressed then, and now is straight into double A and raking. That's all you need to know about this guy. He's he's a superstar.
0: Yeah, he's already got 10 home runs and eight steals, and he's slugging five thirty on base percentage is that around three thirty. Yeah, we got to add the extra one. So let's say 11 home runs today cuz he sports. hit it out of the stadium too. Like I think th- this guy could be a 30 30 threat hitting around 260
1: 280. Or do you think he maybe the average maybe gets even higher? It could get higher cuz he's going to wow. walk a ton though. That's the thing. Even if he's hitting doesn't walk long, a ton, he's going to walk a ton. And and that's where it really is just valuable. He's going to leg out a bunch of infield hits though, I think too. He he's just he's going to learn and I think he's going to have that approach where with two strikes, he can shorten up a little bit more, like kind of like Bo does. He's a better Bo <laughs> Like he's just yeah. way better than him. And like, that's the crazy thing. And with the defense that he plays, I can't wait to see this guy in the big leagues. I mean, Royals fans have every right to be ecstatic. Royals fans. You guys should be so hyped. Well, Aram,
0: another great episode. The, the crazy thing is we are releasing our website, justbaseball.com on June 22nd it's going to be baseball's first one-stop shop we have mlb coverage we have minor leagues we have college we have fantasy baseball we have gambling we have the trading card and collectibles market we're going to be covering it all website is launching june 22nd you and i have been working for a year it started on a phone call where you said to me hey i'm thinking about making some sort of website for my podcast like do you have any ideas and we just shot the shit for probably three straight months. Talked about everything we hate with baseball coverage. Every And it started with everything we don't like that is covered by baseball with the ESPNs and the MLBs. We're and I'm not going to shout them out. Yeah. But you guys know who you are and we need to cover baseball differently and make it more fun, make baseball for everyone. That's like our little tagline. I really do like it though, because we really are
1: making it baseball for everyone. Yeah. I mean, enough of this, like, the kids don't like baseball. Look at our they TikTok. Do. Go look at our TikTok. Go I look know a it. million people. like It's it's crazy. The, the kids aren't kids sitting down. It.
0: They just don't have an avenue.
1: Well, also, the kids aren't sitting down and watching three-hour broadcasts of Matt Vasgersian and A-Rod and Jessica, Jessica Mendoza. That's what we do. That, that's what the kids – that's where people are getting that narrative. But yeah. there is so much interest in baseball, and you can see it all over and people just are not being uh, presented with the information to be able to enjoy the game, whether you're sitting down for three hours or not. I have friends that love just watching the highlights and reading the numbers we will be the people for you too. So I think I'm, I'm just so excited to be able to present, you know, everything in one spot, the multimedia channel shows like this, having the podcast video, all of those things. And uh, really we're, we're wanting to give fans what we have always felt like was missing and I'm excited to be able to do that. And, and I think we hopefully can influence a, a lot of people in their baseball coverage. We're going to change the game,
0: dude. And, so. and let's go over the Just Baseball show schedule because there's been a lot of mix up between episodes. You know, we're filling in. We're trying to get our feet wet, see what works. On Tuesdays, it will be Jack McMullen and I usually doing a top ten which get roasted on TikTok, but are probably the most fun episodes to make ever just because we get to battle out for hours before and then come out with the top 10 ranking just for everyone. We know to say how bad it is.
1: There's no, then, there's no 10 top 10 lists you can make where, where people would say it's good. There's never a perfect list on, Thursdays,
0: what Arm and I are going to be doing is we want to do the TikTok mailbag because there are so many questions that you guys have and we love answering them and we love interacting. I go live on TikTok. Arm's been live on TikTok. Jack has been live on TikTok. We go every single day for about an hour just answering questions. It's probably our favorite thing to do. And then on Friday, it will be Jack McMullen and me, Peter Apple back on Friday to talk, you know, whatever we feel like it. And then Aram and Jack on the Sunday episode to get really more into the issues of baseball. I remember in the last pod, you guys talked about pitch doctoring. You added a conversation with Josh Lewin, who is a former announcer. You know, he was he's basically been everywhere. Red Sox Mets, he's he's a he's a legend of the game. And then that's it right now. We have four episodes a week. We're very excited. Go follow us on socials at just baseball fans on TikTok, on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm at peter apple twenty three and I've said I've been bad on Twitter on, but I'm getting a little bit better I had a, I had a good tweet about oceans. yeah, I had a good tweet about Google about how the Wi-Fi is fast. No, I'll give can't you- expect more than one or two good tweets a week, but it's it's much better than the zero good tweets a week I'll I give at. you
1: I'll give you a hat tip for that, but I also will point out that you tagged the wrong Jack McMullen I and, did and asked me how you edit a tweet. So, so it's, I, d- I thought progress. you could
0: edit a tweet. I guess it's out there. You can never edit it again. No, never again. You can, I had no it. idea. I could, I totally thought, yeah, of course I can just go back and permanent. So now maybe that Jack McMullen will be on the pod. We should do that. We should just read it. Got even a baseball guy. Everyone's a baseball guy. Everyone's a baseball guy. They just guy don't know it yet. Exactly. That's exactly. exactly Arm. That's what we're exactly. here. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any, you have any trailing words to tell anybody? What's ah, your, no, these what's your Twitter?
1: These mailbags are going to be awesome. Uh, my Twitter is at A R A M L E I G H T O N and the number eight at R M L A T N E T. And uh, yeah, you can just see me complain about a lot of stuff on there. I just ripped MLB replay a new one. Um, I like that. that. that I, that's for Jack and I's Deep Baseball Issues show. I'm going to go nuts. Just did. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to save that one. But yeah. Talking you- about that.
0: Go check out Arm and Jack on Sundays on the Just Baseball Show. And if you could leave us a five-star review, it's the best way to help out a podcast. So thank you guys so much. And we will see you Arm and Jack on Sunday. And Jack and I will be back on Tuesday. See you guys.